Hello and welcome to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. I'm your host, Lauren Edelstein with North Star Meetings Group. Eventful, the podcast, is our way of inviting you to join some of the interesting conversations we have with people in our business about topics that really should be on your radar. I look forward to hearing what you think, and please be sure to subscribe. Today's episode of Eventful is being recorded from the beautiful one and only Pamilla Resort in Los Cabos, Mexico, and I have the pleasure of joining HB Hospitality here for the organization's annual advisory council meeting, which is a gathering of some of HB Hospitality's independent property members, as well as meeting professionals who are a member of the HB community and bring meetings to those properties, as well as other high-level resorts. Just this morning, we conducted the advisory council meeting, which I moderated, and that was a really interesting discussion. We touched on commissions and some other topics, and now I'm pleased to be sitting down with uh, HB Hospitality President Daniel Bishop to continue the conversation. Hi, Danielle. Hi, Lauren. I am so pleased to be sitting here with you at the beautiful one and only Pamilla in Cabo. Los Cabos, yes. and it is absolutely stunning, um, and we've just come from a really interesting meeting of HB Hospitality's advisory board, Yes, and um, a lot of great things came to the fore. Can you start by telling us a little bit just about what is HB Hospitality? HB Hospitality is a community of independent luxury hotels and meeting planners. It started off in 2011. I'm a longtime hotelier. I worked for Pinehurst Resort, Logitory Pines, and I just felt that there was a real need in our marketplace for qualified connections. So what we do is we connect our community of hospitality partners with planners who plan at luxury and ultra-luxury resorts. How are we different? We're different because we're, we are a community. Our hoteliers, we're very transparent about our model. Our hoteliers pay us to be part of the community. They pay to come to our events, and then that's it. Let's talk about the issue of commissions for third parties who yes. book business. Your properties, the properties that are members of HB are independent properties, mm-hmm. so they are not answering to a parent company who's made the decision for them. And it does put them at a competitive disadvantage, as has been proven in the marketplace with business shifting toward those type of properties to an extent. Yeah. Can you tell me you know, what you're hearing from your members and where you see them positioned um, with respect to that issue? Yeah, so it's a, it's a really interesting time. Marriott made a bold move to reduce the commission from 10% to 7%. I think probably their thought behind that is that they were getting the business anyway. We work only with independents, and so they don't have to answer to a parent company. And it's been, actually, the Marriott move has been beneficial to the independents because they can still continue to pay the 10%. And they are happy to do it all day long for business that is new, for business that would not have known about their property otherwise. So... Because they're independent, it's very difficult for them to have a voice in these these mega markets where Marriott has a big say in Four Seasons and in Hyatt. The independents need as many distribution channels as possible. But there are some small caveats where things do get a little tricky. And one of our initiatives this year is to educate the planners. 
2020 is going to be the year of the planner at HB Hospitality. And we just want to educate planners on what are their options when they engage intermediaries, what value are they receiving, and does that make sense for their business? We champion all different types of ways to do business, but we really want planners to understand what is the cost of doing business when they engage an intermediary and does it make sense for them? And at the same time, the hotel also wants to know what the cost of getting that business is and whether it makes sense to them to be paying 10%, 7%, 12% to the person who's brought them the business. And can you address that a bit? um, Some of the members today mentioned that there is a difference between the person who puts the business on the books, checks a box that this person is involved, and then they're out and on to the next versus a third party who is planning the planning events and, and making it easier for the property right, and the client. Exactly. So I think that the independents really celebrate the intermediaries that are authentic, strategic partners for the end user. Why is that? Because those third parties know the customer. They know what their needs are. They know what their hot buttons are. They can communicate that in a way that really facilitates and expedites the booking process. And it helps the property ultimately shine because then they can make sure that they're stepping up to the plate and getting that client everything they need. What properties in my community tend to shy away from is when some intermediaries are, maybe they're just CC'd on the email. And they didn't really play a role in how that business was placed at the property. But because they were CC'd on an email or maybe the end user goes through a really spectacular site like Cvent, who I think it's a great site. They provide a lot of value. But then there's opportunities to click different NSOs. Describe what an NSO is. So an NSO is a national sales organization, uh, organization that is contracted by individual properties to go out and represent that hotel in large markets like New York and Chicago or or wherever. Because back in the day before the internet, those properties, they couldn't travel to all these different major markets. And it was really important to have properties representing them there. The hotels love it when those NSOs bring them new business accounts that they wouldn't have had otherwise. What they don't like is when they have business that they've been working on for many years and then an NSO is it becomes attached to it, but they don't really do anything to facilitate the sale, that becomes frustrating because everybody's looking to push rate. They're looking to push occupancy. Margins are being watched. When a 10% gets attached to a program but is not adding value, that limits the property's ability to give that customer all the concessions that may have been important. Right. And so really what we're trying to do is we're trying to educate the industry We are not saying uh, any distribution channels are wrong. We think they're important. We think they're needed. But we want the planner to understand the cost of doing business and make choices that are the right fit for their company. Because ultimately, the property needs to make X percent profit. Yes. And if they're paying 10% or another percent to an intermediary, that takes away from their profit margin and affects what they'll be able to do in terms of concessions or rate or food and beverage or a meeting room. Okay. Well, let's talk about the transparency piece because I think, you know, that is 
an issue as well. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the topics that came up today was people asking for a blind commission that it's not, it doesn't show on the invoice that goes to the meeting planner or the host organization. Mm -hmm. How prevalent is that? And how do you handle, how does the property handle that? So I don't think it's as prevalent as it used to be. I I think that um, some intermediaries still do it, but I think that the trend is going away, at least from what I heard from the, the hotels today. I think that a lot of, you know, a lot of intermediaries are getting a lot more creative in terms of other services that, that they can offer their customers that go beyond just booking the, the program to make sure that they have multiple revenue streams to support their business. So blind commission, I don't know. I, I The hotels didn't really seem to think it was a big issue. Mm-hmm. But I do think there are situations when NSOs are involved where commissions being paid, the end customer doesn't know it. Right. And they should. But... That's just, it's not shared because it's um, a contract between that organization and then the property that has paid to have them represent them. Right. But there's still a cost there. So mm-hmm. it's it's a business choice that the properties make, but it's still a conflict. So I've been listening to it for years. The planners seem very confused by it, and I'm just trying to shed some light on what's happening. But it's a, it's a tricky right. situation. Yeah, it's very... Tricky. Right. So if in a perfect world, let's create Danielle's perfect world, (laughs) what would you like to see the relationship be? I mean, what, how, how can we fix this? How, as an industry, could we simplify the the current um, business model so that it's more understandable and more transparent? Yeah. I think that if people could just be really clear about how they get paid. And then the end consumer can say, yes, that works for me because I think that the time you're spending gathering these proposals, setting up these site visits, negotiating on my behalf, that's worth it. What I don't like to see is when organizations say that they don't get compensated, mm-hmm. the customer thinks, oh, there's no cost. And you know what? There always is. There's, there's always a cost. Somebody mm-hmm. is always, when you are engaging a different party, is always there's always a cost to it. It would just create some awareness with planners and then they can make a choice that's right for them. And you might see some of these organizations having to make a shift because I think that at the end of the day, some planners might say, you know what? This business model doesn't work for me once they actually knew how it worked. Right, right. And the meeting planners who are educated and they do understand, I think, would prefer to... No, they would prefer to know, right? That they're seeing exactly what money is going where. Exactly, because ten percent at the right. end of the day, there's other. You know, we heard one of the planners that says they go direct, and then they ask for ten percent back. Mm-hmm. So if there's ten percent to be had, I just let me give you an example. So I had my house in the market for a couple of months, and as the seller, you're responsible for paying the commission for the buyer's agent as well as the seller's agent. Um, so we had on the market for many months, we reduced the price one time and then I had to reduce the price a second time. But when I reduced the price a second time, I thought, you know what, what if I did for sale by owner and that 50,000 that I was going to have to pay in commissions Mm -hmm. instead of giving it 
to an agent. What if I gave, gave it to the, to the buyer? Mm-hmm. So I reduced the price. I said, for sale by owner, there's no commissions available. I gave that entire 50000 back to the buyer. I sold it in one week wow. because I saw a lot of value. The buyer got a much better deal. Right. I was able to get it off the market because I put it all back into the buyer's hands. And at the end of the day, I was net the same as right. I would have been you know, $50,000 higher. So I think it's kind of a similar deal. Um, it's but, a good analogy. Yeah. And I'm going to remember that when I sell my house. <laughs> when you sell your house. <laughs> Thank you for the tip. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's switch gears to something a little more fun. Okay. Um, we talked about the a lot of the meeting planners. Said, yes. My organization has a lot of money. I'm not so concerned about room rate. I want to know that I'm getting value and that I'm delivering a really amazing experience to yes. my group. And when they're negotiating with a property, if they come out with some real wow factor, something that the group hasn't experienced, and they're well-traveled, and they're, they're high-income um, clientele, that they can be impressed. And I really think that is very much so a differentiator and is going to be continually, you know, increasingly important and increasingly, the, you know, one of the most important deciding factors. Yes. So, at, uh, you know, it used to be that these independents could offer a unique room product that was unparalleled or the other hotels weren't able to, to be on the same level. Well, those days are gone. Marriott has the formula. Hyatt has the formula. Everybody has spectacular room products. Everybody has these really, you know, neat hotels that, from a brick and mortar standpoint, are, are pretty cool. But some of these independents, what's so neat about them is that they're in these spectacular destinations, and they can work with the destination in a way that is unmatched. And so, when planners utilize these independents. They need to be asking questions about, they need to say, what's unique about you that you can offer that someone else can't? So like last night, we had Dia de los Muertos at a chapel here mm-hmm. at One and Only Pamilla. The chapel is incredibly unique. And then JSAV came in with this really spectacular audiovisual show that celebrated that whole cultural phenomenon that we don't have in the States. And it was at a low cost because it was something that, you know, they have. that they already have. Right. Right. And it was amazing. Everybody was amazed. Everybody was taking pictures. People were videoing yes. the display. I was one of them. People are sharing on social media. And, you know, and, and as we were saying earlier today, when it's really shareable too, that's marketing for the property and that's marketing for your event if you're holding that kind of event where, you, where the visibility is helpful. Yeah. There's a lot of ways that properties can partner that that aren't always obvious. We were just at the Rosewood Bahamar. One of the wild things that we were able to bring in were flamingo ambassadors. So Baja, yes, Bahamar has this really cool flamingo sanctuary. And so for a very low cost, we were able to bring in four flamingos that the the attendees went wild for because it was something unique, different. They didn't know that we could actually hold the flamingos. Um, wow. yeah. And the, the wows and the photos and you, it was a low cost, but a high impact. So the different ways hotels can do that when they're able to bring those to the forefront can be the difference of winning or losing the business. Right. 
And planners talk amongst themselves, yes. you know, and, and, and as we said, referral word of mouth is the biggest driver of business. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we've surveyed meeting planners as well, um, who said the same, that they, they call their friends, they call their colleagues, have mm-hmm. they gone to this property, they might reach out, you know, in different social channels. Um, and, you know, just that little example mm-hmm. would be enough to drive business once people start talking or they're looking at each other's Instagram posts from their travels. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we're trying to do a better job as a community of educating our properties. How do you do that more? And sometimes, you know, salespeople, that's their every day. So they forget what makes them so unique. So one of the initiatives that we have as a community that we talked about today is creating a um, Buzzy Awards and allowing the planners in the community to nominate uh, our hotels for what makes them really special. So best sleep experience, best high adrenaline activity, best group team building, um, best spa experience. Because these planners are incredibly well-traveled. Let them bring to the forefront what makes these hotels unique. Yeah, so that's one of the things that we are working on to really make it a collaboration not just to make it about the hotels, but make it about everybody. And let's shine the light on why, what separates them from the masses. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what everybody wants. The hotel wants the same as the planner. They, you know, one of the hotel members were saying that many groups do, do not want the, to be creative. Right. <laughs> they want their ballroom and they want their traditional room set. Um, and I think that, you know, the hotel can make suggestions. Mm-hmm. The room that we were in today was very, very creative with couches and tables in between and mm-hmm. the way it was set so that there was, it was a very much a living room feel, but set so that it um, facilitated discussion and there were microphones placed strategically, you know, around the room so that anybody could very easily participate in the conversation. Um, and I think that, you know, when, when the hotels take the initiative to discuss what's available, you know, would you like to consider X, Y, Z? Um, and they can still say no. Right. No, I like theater style. Let's stick with the classroom. we doing it for eight years. We're not changing. Right. But the properties on this level and the clientele on this yes. level, they, they want to raise the bar every single time. Yes. They do. And it's, it's important. And that's why we're in hospitality because we love being creative. We love thinking outside the box. And when we have the opportunity as hoteliers, I still consider myself a hotelier, but when we have the opportunity to do it, that's what makes the job fun. Right. So should you be so lucky to have a customer who, who wants to go on that journey with you? And now in my role as the president of HB hospitality, because we do summits at all of our different member properties, that's one of the things that I love to do. I love to help push my hotels to stretch their wings. I like to dare greatly with them and let's try something new. Let's be innovative. Let's do something that you haven't done before. So then now you can become the expert there. Let me give you an example. So uh, Pinehurst Resort, they're one of our members. I know that property really well because I grew up in Pinehurst. So we did our advisory council there two or three years ago. So Pinehurst is the cradle of American golf. And they have number two, which hosted the U.S. Open multiple times, 2014, men and women's back-to-back. But not everybody's a golfer. But to know Pinehurst is to know the history there. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to do a golf cart caravan from the historic Carolina Hotel, take the guests down Carolina Vista, through the resort club, 
down number two to Donald Ross, who is the original golf course architect of Pinehurst number two. Uh, and they said, you know what? Can't do it. And I said, why not? And they said, well, just, we've, we've never done it. And I said, all right, well, I'm pretty sure you can do it. Uh, so let's really think about how we can partner together. So push came to shove and they said, you know what, Danielle, we're going to try this. We're going to try this. this is our first time doing it. And not only did they do that, they also hired a bagpiper. So as our guests were coming down to Carolina Vista, we could hear the bagpipe in the distance. And we all arrived to the Donald Ross house and it really, people had a sense of place mm-hmm. and they understood what made Pinehurst so special. And now that's one of their signature events. Because it was so different and unique and it was so experiential and people really got to be encompassed by what Pat Corso, the old president of Pinehurst, used to say, the historicity of Pinehurst. Huh. Here the village chapel bells going off. And uh, so anyways, that's my, that's my happy place mm-hmm. when I get to help properties stretch their wings, try something different. And sometimes we win, sometimes we lose. But uh, when it all comes together and we create something unique, that's pretty, right. pretty fun. Right. Yeah. And the planners, the planners love it, love it, love it, love it. And, you know, one had said during the um, discussion earlier today that she starts pie in the sky. Let's, you know, let's have flying elephants (laughs) and then and then has the property rain rain her in. But she does that intentionally so that they're really thinking outside the comfort zone. Right. Yes. And, um, and I, I really think that, you know, it makes the planner shine. It makes everybody leaves happy. Yes. It's energizing. Right. You know, memorable, Mm -hmm. um, and creates a good, creates a good buzz. One of my favorite quotes is growth and comfort are mutually exclusive. Right. So I, when we can stretch a little bit, get outside the comfort zone, do things a little differently. It's, um, it's energizing. It's inspirational for your attendees and they're going to remember it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, people are, um, forgiving enough they are. that if they see you're trying to do something spectacular and maybe there's a glitch or two, people are they forgiving. Are forgiving. They, they appreciate the effort. The effort. Absolutely. They're, they're always rooting for you. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know what? Life happens. So if you have to kind of pivot, then they understand. Right. Right. So take risks. Yes. You know, and I think that's a good message. And, you know, it it is what the audience wants, Mm -hmm. you know. So people are done with the status quo. Right. I agree. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk again soon, Danielle. Take care. Thanks for listening to Eventful, the podcast for meeting professionals. Be sure to rate and review us and subscribe. Check back for new episodes soon.